We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my fabulous friends. So honored you're spending time with us here today on Journey to Center. It seems everyone I know is dealing with significant challenges right now, either in their relationships, with their finances, with their health, or their careers. There have also been catastrophic natural disasters and horrible violence. It can be so confusing dealing with the range of emotions that come with the intensity of life. But if we don't allow the process of our emotions, we can become disconnected, depressed, and eventually even numbed out, empty, sick, and lifeless. Here's a quote from William Faulkner. Given a choice between grief and nothing, I would choose grief. This is actually a very healthy and positive choice. After years of numbness and depression, I made that same choice and finally accepted, experienced, and processed my deeply buried emotions. Allowing my pain, though not pleasant, brought me back to life. And now do I not only have access to my intuition, I'm healthier, my relationships work, and I have the capacity to feel great joy. I have found as I open to one end of the spectrum of my emotions, I have naturally opened up to the other. So if you're listening to this today and feeling fearful, numbed out, stressed out, overwhelmed, or simply not great, we have the perfect remedy for you. We have the privilege of spending time with Jude Bijou. Jude is a licensed marriage and family therapist with a background in meditation and Vedic philosophy. Jude embodies and teaches an integrated, truly holistic approach to viewing ourselves, our relationships, and with life. The culmination of Jude's groundbreaking work can be found in her book, Attitude Reconstruction, a blueprint for building a better life. These simple principles have impacted countless clients, seminar participants, and students. This is Jude's promise to you. If you can learn to harness the tools you're intrinsically born with, creating a life full of joy, love, and peace is truly possible right here, right now. So Jude, thank you so much for hanging out with us here today on Empower Radio. It's just my pleasure to be here, Tammy. I love your book. It is so powerful and really, I think, a guide if people want to live more fulfilling lives. And I'm just really so excited about getting into this conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you. What I wanted to do was to create a handbook so that we could have a reference guide to whatever, what were we looking for, a bad attitude that we want to change or maybe the way we're thinking isn't working or our emotions like you're talking about, but something very useful and simple. It is. It's very clear and very useful. No matter how you're feeling, if it's not good, you can go through this book. And I I love how you have it um, lined out towards the back. It's like you can identify what you're feeling and then you can go into why and how to change that. So it is a very, very useful handbook. That was the purpose for sure. Yeah, well, I appreciate that you've done this. I can see you put a lot of uh, work into this. This is something that I'm sure took a lot of time and a lot of heart, but it is very, very, very helpful. And I really think your material is so important and so timely with all that seems to be happening in 
in the world right now, both with people personally and globally. It seems there's so much fear and pain. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think it's always been around, but the stakes seem to be getting higher and higher right now. And really it is. It's the sadness, the anger, and the fear that's really causing us a problem because we're not handling it in a way that's constructive. I, I think that that is so true, and I love something you talk about. You say all of our problems stem from unexpressed anger, sadness, and fear. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, absolutely. That's what I found uh, in my studies as I did my own work and sat with uh, clients and students and seminar people is that it really all went back to emotions, these unexpressed emotions were the root behind the behavior or the feeling. Like if we're feeling frustrated, that's about our anger. If we're feeling anxious or if we're feeling depressed, whatever we're feeling or whatever, if we're critical or if we're overwhelmed, whatever we're doing that's not working, it all stems back to these emotions that we're not taking care of and we've compensated in ways that now don't work very well. Mm. As you're saying this, I'm getting a visual. It's like we think we've moved on from something, but if we don't really deal with it, it kind of, kind of, it can can squirt out the side in some other way. It's not like it goes away. It doesn't. It doesn't I think, just go away. I think of it as three buckets. We have a bucket of sadness of all of those hurts and losses that we haven't really cried enough and and resolved. We have a bucket of fear just by living and. And life, and we have a bucket of anger for all those frustrations and all those things that haven't gone the way that we want, and that those are what are clouding our opportunities to experience the other emotions, joy, love, and peace. That's so true. That was absolutely my experience. I was so numbed out. I had chronic fatigue and was sick for many, many years. And one of my teachers said to me, I think you have a lot of unexpressed grief. And I didn't know what she meant and I didn't know what to do about it. But even as she said that, my eyes filled with tears, although I couldn't identify anything I was necessarily sad about. So I I know from experience, allowing those tears to come up whenever they presented, really started kind of clearing the closets out. So do you have any suggestions, Jude, about how people can start to um, consider expressing or relieving some unexpressed emotions? Absolutely. The first thing is to identify which of the three emotions we're talking about that isn't working. Mm -hmm. Am I feeling sad? So in my body, do I feel heavy? Do I feel down and, you know, slow. That's sadness. Mm-hmm. Or is it that I want to strike out? Am I hot and I just want to explode and, and kill, really, to have that energy go outward? That hot energy is anger. And mm-hmm. if I'm cold and more agitated and flippy inside and so on and, you know, not breathing normally, then that's an indicator of fear. So first we have to identify which of the three emotions that, it is, that it's keeping us from, as I said, joy, love, and peace. And so then let's say that if we decide, oh, boy, I'm a fearful person. I've got a lot of fear. Both a lot of things happened that were scary. And I just it's my basic constitution. I'm just a, a person who's easily afraid. Then it's like, all right, I need to have a good way to start working with that fear 
so it doesn't just go back into those buckets and take me into overwhelm and panic mm-hmm. attacks and so on. Mm-hmm. Right. And that would be shaking and shivering. So it's really counterintuitive because what do we do when we feel fear? We tense up, we tighten up. Yes. It's doing exactly the opposite of what we should do. Like what does a dog do when it's, cold, when it's at, at the vet? It's quivering, it's shivering behind somebody. It's just like scared. And, right. or, or what do we do like when we're uh, getting out of a swimming pool on a cold day? The body naturally shivers. That's it trying to bring itself back into balance. And if we'll do that, because if, if people who have, have a lot of fear know that, their hands are naturally shaking at times, mm-hmm. or their, their, their leg is shaking. Those are indications that that's that fear energy moving through the body let it out, accentuate it. Don't oh my try gosh, to that's hold fascinating, it in. Jude. I love what you're saying. So you're saying it's helpful to give physical expression to what we're feeling because I do find myself doing that sometimes. I'm shaking my foot. My husband's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I don't know," but I do sometimes have a propensity towards anxiety. So maybe that's actually helpful, is what you're saying. Not even maybe. I guarantee it. Wow, it's, that's fascinating. Yes, it's it's just doing really this approach has a lot of foundations, but one of it is just a natural approach. It's what mm-hmm. we see in, in nature. That's what we yes. do. We're in, a, we're in an accident. The body naturally shakes and shivers. It's, it feels for its survival. That's what it does. That's what we need to do. Like all of the people who are, who are feeling those kind of things, like as I said, panic attacks mm-hmm. or anxiety or nervous. Whenever you feel that, you just get up and you just shake and shiver all through your body. You're making like... You ham it up. You put on music and do it, but you're just wanting to let that energy out of your Moves body. through your body. That's Moves wonderful. Through. I see that in the backyard with, uh, I have ducks and such out there. It's like they get in a fight, then they just kind of flap their wings and move around, and then they kind of move on and they're friends again. Exactly. <laughs> that's fantastic. That, that's, really, that's really what it is. It moves out of the body, and then we're back present. Perfect. So now what about the other two emotions? What can we do? Do we also give physical expression to the anger and the sadness? Absolutely. Well, we'll talk about the sadness first because that's straight, uh, straightforward. And it's what you said already. Uh, sadness is gr- grief. Grief is a feeling, but it's very similar. You know, the emotion itself, the physiology is one of, called sadness. And what yes. does the body naturally want to do is that we naturally cry. So mm-hmm. if we want to move that sadness bucket and empty that out, we need to give ourselves permission to cry. But the most important thing is with all of these emotional expressions is what we're thinking and saying while we're crying or while we're shivering. And that is we're just owning the energy as ours. I'm just feeling scared. I'm just feeling scared. Or I'm just sad right now. It's okay. I'm fine. I'm just feeling sad. We don't go, nobody loves me, I'll never feel better, I'm just such a piece of garbage. I don't so we don't judge ourselves through the process, we just give ourselves permission to feel our feelings and whatever is underneath that, and allow own, that to come up. Mm-hmm. Own the emotion as ours, because it's an, I'm just feeling sad. It's okay, I'm just mm-hmm. feeling sad. If we go, and I'm no good, and nothing's ever right. going to get better, and we cry like that, we'll still feel terrible. We won't, the crying doesn't do any good. Because we've just made that tape even stronger, even the rut even deeper of our unworthiness rather than 
I'm just saying what's true. I'm just feeling sad. It's okay. I just need to cry. I love that. You know, I was one of those people that experienced heaviness with the chronic fatigue. And, and so definitely as listening to you, I, I can see where my sadness bucket was the most full. I might've had a little bit of the other two, but mostly the sadness. And my teacher said, I needed to allow myself to cry. And I, you know, as I thought about it, I hadn't cried for maybe 12 years and I'd gone through some stuff that was pretty gross, <laughs> pretty horrible. And, um, she told me something I could do to start the process that I thought was interesting. Get some onions, chop them up, oh. breathe in deeply and allow yourself the process to cry. So I went and got the onions, but once I realized that's what I needed, I never needed to chop up the onions. It's oh, just like that's... floodgates were opened. It's like somehow it gave me permission to allow the tears to come up instead of fighting them thinking I was stoic. That's, that's good because it's however we can prime the pump because a lot of us have been shut off from our sadness for a long time. We've got lots of messages and we just made some decisions of not to allow ourselves to cry. So yes. I say you can go and get a sad movie, go get, you know, gals love the notebook or, you know, terms of endearment or something that, that you know is really uh, good for you that, that does tap you into that place. Or you can look at photographs of loved ones that are, that are gone. Anything you can do, listen to music that stirs you, any way that you can prime the pump and so that uh, the tears get going. Because it doesn't really matter why you're crying. You're crying because you feel sad and you want to move it out of your body. Yeah, I would think most people have some suppressed tears that they haven't allowed themselves to um, express. I know Gary Zukoff says tears are the healing balm to the soul. Mm. I think it's so true. I think of uh, tears are nectar. Really, oh, nectar. Yes. They wash us clean. Mm, I love that. That is a beautiful way of putting it, and I, I couldn't agree more. Very cool. So now let's move on to that fiery, sometimes scary energy of anger. Well, anger, what you're describing exactly, is we've seen it expressed in not very constructive ways. Often, yes. maybe we had a family member who was particular particularly volatile, or um, a neighbor or someone, we, we got those messages that at all costs don't show our anger. It's like yes. we have to be cool, or we're good at striking out. So that's those are the people who are very critical or sarcastic or teasing. They're taking that energy and not moving it out constructively. They're really hurting other people with their yes. words rather than just moving out the pure energy. And it seems to be showing up in, in society a bit, you know, with the shootings and the violence. Would you say that that is probably unexpressed anger from the people that are um, participating in this? Absolutely. There's anger. Of course, there's also fear and sadness. But the, the primary uh, emotion there is anger. And again, if you have been isolated for so long and for 20 years or whatever, you haven't really talked to anybody because of whatever kind of difficulties you have, you can't help but feel resentful and start to feel very alienated and separate and different, isolated. And those are all symptoms of unexpressed anger. And so that's what we see. Instead of moving that energy out in a way so that it goes out of the body, we turn it in, in destructive things. We do road rage or, you know, on the highway, we're just like right on somebody's <laughs> tail. Or we do things like, you know, get in fights or 
the extreme of that, you know, something snaps and we um, do something cataclysmic. Mm, Good word. Yes. I think that that is so true. You know, sometimes my husband will get really mad in traffic and I'll say to him, I think you have some unexpressed anger. He's like, what are you talking about? This driver's just making me mad. (laughs) It's always something out there that's doing it, right? It's it's because they're not driving all right. (laughs) He's like, people are stupid. I'm like, I don't think it's really these people. Because if you're happy, you're just able to go with the flow and go, oh, yeah, he's kind of, there's a slow guy who's poking along. It wouldn't like provoke your anger so much. You know, it's just, it's just funny to me to see this from a different perspective. Absolutely. So you're, you're raising two lovely points, but I'll take them one at a time because it's something you asked before, and that is how can we move that energy because it's mm-hmm. just energy in our body. How can we move it out in a way so that nothing of harm, you know, nothing has been harmed? And I uh, think of a, a little child, a two-year-old child having that temper tantrum. And what are they doing? They're flopping down on the floor, and they're kicking and screaming and yelling and whatever. And if we don't stop them, they don't go forever, two minutes, five minutes at the most, and then they go get distracted. They trot off and get distracted. They fall asleep. They, you know, they get engaged in something, and it's over. They're not holding on to that. They've moved that energy through the body. And so what, that's what we need to do. One of the mm-hmm. simplest ways to do that is by stomping, because mm-hmm. we could just stomp around really hard, oh, 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 because we're getting all that energy. It's hard. You know, it's fast, but just move that energy so it can be stomping, or it could be uh, you can push against like a wall or in a door jam. What I have clients do is something that I saw years ago from Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and that is she put out on mattresses some old phone books and then a flexible plastic tube like you get at a plumbing store or a hardware mm-hmm. store, mm-hmm. and you hit those old phone books with that tube, and it's so loud and so satisfying, and pages start flying, <laughs> and pretty soon you're working up a sweat, and you're feeling good. After you're feeling angry and get that anger out, you do it as long as you can, and then you catch your breath. And you pound some more. You can kick those pages and hit them and strike. And, and your, your, your uh, language has to do, I'm just angry, angry, angry. Oh, yes. not so all of, yeah, but let, let it out verbally as well. But not on all those, those drivers and the father-in-law and the this and the that. It's, it's owning it. But we need to just move that energy. And it seems silly at first, but if you just try it for a couple minutes, you can't help but feel the difference. So much better. I've done that myself. You know, I have a plastic little wiffle ball bat. And sometimes when I'm feeling that energy, I, I, you know, I I feel agitated or whatever. I'll go and beat up uh, a pillow in my spare bedroom and I'll put a pillow over my mouth and yell. And I do, I feel like so much better afterwards. And that's that's crazy. Yes, but that's exactly right. It's yelling into a pillow or, you know, uh, holding a pillow on two and just pulling on it, whatever we can do to move that energy out. It does. It's, it's, a, mir- you know, it's a miracle. It, it really is. is. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, as human beings, we are feeling beings. But so many of us were told, you know, big, big kids don't cry or stop, you know, stop making a fuss. Or, you know, we were, you know, a lid was put on our emotions early. And, and, and we take that on as, as 
perhaps the way things should be. And we do disconnect from them. Most of us disconnect from them early in life until we come full circle and realize we need to invite them back. We are feeling beings. Biologically, we are feeling beings. We need to make friends with our feelings and our emotions. Because the ways we've learned to compensate for those emotions, like what am I going to do with that anger? Am I going to just, you know, have a scowl on my face? Or what am I going to do with my fear? Am I going to let that go rippling through my body and make it so I'm not sleeping at night? What are we doing instead of dealing with the emotions is, is what's causing us the problems today. So it's so simple to yes. just go back and honor what we're all born with. So I, I think I know the answer to this, but I want to hear it from you, from your perspective. So what are the advantages of really giving ourselves physical expression to our sadness, our anger, and our fear? What is it going to be like if we allow ourselves to cry or emote or um, shake and shiver? What can we expect on the other side of participating in these exercises? Well, the short answer is joy, love, and peace. Mm. Because those and who doesn't the, want more of that? <laughs> exactly. But there's only six emotions. That's what's lovely. There's only six of those sensations in our body. We can have a ton of feelings that we can create from um, overwhelm and disappointment, frustration, and so on. But underneath, they all file back to these physiologies in the body. Mm-hmm. So if we only have six of them, and they're in pairs, so if I'll cry, that's sadness. The opposite of sadness is joy. So that's what you'll find. Cry constructively, and you will feel lighter and happier and more joyful. You know, deal with the anger, and you will feel much more loving. You'll feel more love. And when you deal with the fear, that agitation that takes you into the future and makes everything a a catastrophe, and deal with that energy, you will feel much more peace. And that, that's actually, that's absolutely been my experience. I do. I feel just more comfortable in my body. It's been such a relief. I feel so much freer. Um, I'm more awake and alert. I don't struggle with the chronic fatigue anymore. My, my weight has come into perfect balance. It is, it, there's so many upsides to just allowing ourselves to feel our feelings. And as you said, we just got so many messages that it wasn't okay to do it. It wasn't, they seem messy and our parents learned from their parents and their parents, mm-hmm. and nobody really said, it's okay, or very few parents gave us permission to go, right. go someplace safe and go ahead, have that little tantrum, and we're here when you're done. Yes. Yeah, that, that would be a conscious way of raising a child. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we do, the, we do, we pay for what was given to us, and um, hopefully, you know, each generation is learning to do it a little better. I mean, that's absolutely my intention. So, and Jude, it, something I was very interested in, um, that I read about you in your book, you're not really a big fan of affirmations. No, I make a distinction between an affirmation and what I call a truth, a reliable truth or a truth. Like an affirmation is a wish. I would like to see peace and love all, I see peace and love all around me. Mm. Now, maybe you do, but maybe you don't. And so if you go, I feel love and peace all around me, I feel love, that's not true. But if you go and look for something that is unequivocally true, which might, well, it could be whatever contradicts your old thinking, 
but it could be uh, something like um, people are the way they are. People are the way they are. They're not the way I want them to be. Now, that's just unequivocally true. People are the way they are, not the way I want them to be. This is very interesting, and I think it, you know, circles back a little bit to the emotions. Like if you're dealing with frustration or anger or grief, to try to affirm "I'm happy," "I'm joyful," it's 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 it sounds like you're saying it's it's lying to ourselves, and that's not really going to create an effective change. Exactly, and you nailed it perfectly. Because if somebody goes, oh, "I'm not going to stomp," "I'm not going to push," "I'm not going to yell," "I'm not," gonna, it's fine. You don't have to use that tool of your emotions in order to feel better. You can use your thoughts, and you can use that very reliable truth. Because what I've learned is that a lot of our anger, most of our anger, um, when it's not because something happened that was a violation, most of our anger comes from we're not accepting something. So like your husband isn't accepting that that guy is in the speed lane and only going 45 miles an hour. He's not accepting that. So he needs to go, drivers are the way they are, not the way I think they should be. <laughs> I'm going to suggest are... that to him. <laughs> Absolutely. Drivers are the, the way they are. Drivers are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that the stupid just means, because not only we don't accept them, but then we're judging them. They yes, are stupid. Absolutely. Rather I see than, that happen. I've got to get it. Drivers drive the way they do. They drive in the wrong lane. They don't signal. They, uh, they stop and then they start and they, you know, they do all it. I've got to accept it. If I accept that that's the way they are, then I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Then I can enjoy my ride because I know I'm going to encounter two, five, whatever, especially when I'm wanting to get someplace very quickly. I just have to accept that drivers are the way they are, not the way I want them to be, and then I don't have to be upset. I think that's so true. It's like if we can just accept what is, that, that, that creates such a relief right there. You know, it's a resistance that, that I think creates that anxiety. It's like if you can just relax, it is what it is. I say that a lot. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. That's, a, that's another You're saying that that's truth. a good thing. <laughs> yes, but that's a, that's a reliable truth. It is what it is. That is a fact. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> I love that. And another, th- another thing I'll say is, wow, that's really interesting. Where in the past I may have judged it as, as bad or stupid, I just say, wow, that's, that's interesting and it is what it is. And it does seem to take some of that, that um, energy off of it, that, that yeah. irritation off of it. Yes, because as I said, acceptance, I believe, is the fast route to love. But acceptance nice. does, doesn't mean that I have to lay down and let you do it your way just because I've accepted you. Except, acceptance means I accept that that's the way you are or that's the way you think or that's the way you chew your food or whatever. I accept it. And then from that loving place of, okay, you've done it forever, you're probably going to continue, I can speak up. It's not, and then I have to put up with it for the next 30, 40, 50 years. I can also speak up, but from that loving place about what's true for me about whatever the behavior is about, the, the, the loud chewing. So it doesn't mean passivity. Acceptance means accept so that I feel loving and understand that people are just different, and then I can assert myself. Like you say, go within and see what's true and bring that forward. Mm. 
get back to that place of peace within. And then I know. see what you're... That's well, where I like to live, that's for sure. Exactly. So, Jude, then, we're going to go to break here, and I'm very, very excited about getting into the second part of the show. I know you're going to share with us, and it, it kind of applies to a little bit what you're saying, the four rules of communication. So if somebody's chewing their food really loudly or irritating you, or, you know, if it's a holiday and you're spending time with your family... She's going to support us in knowing how to communicate more effectively. So I'm really excited about hearing more about this. So more in a moment with Jude Bijou. Hang on. We'll be right back. License and registration. But I'm walking. Do you want to upset an officer of the law? No, sir. Good. I pulled you over today for littering. Uh, I didn't litter. <laughs> wow. That's what they all say. Unfortunately, I saw you drop a pair of thunder thighs a few blocks back. Probably happened as you were biting into that apple you're holding. Uh, how'd you know they're my thunder thighs? Well, my young friend, I'd like to say two years and the police academy helped figure it out. But between us, it was smallstep.gov. Smallstep.gov? Yep, Rooney. It's this site with tons of easy ways to lose weight. Some steps are so easy, people don't realize they're doing them. Like you taking small step number 83, snack on fruits. Go to smallstep.gov, you'll see. You can drive off now. I'm still walking. Take a small step to get healthy at smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department Let's of Health and Human Services and, and the Ad Council. And you want to put on the perfect birthday party for your twin daughters. So you get a clown and he dazzles everyone. And you order a cake and have the bakery put something nice on it. Happy birthday, girls. And you hire a pony to give everyone rides. <laughs> and it all goes perfectly. Best party ever, Mom! And you're the perfect mom. But even if it doesn't go that way and your clown doesn't dazzle... And the bakery doesn't spell out the right message. Happy birthday, Gil? And the pony doesn't give everyone rides. <laughs> It can still be the perfect birthday party because kids don't always see things the way you see them. Best party ever, Mom! You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of siblings in foster care who'll take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUsKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids. Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'd like to report a bear sighting location in the forest near the side of the road no need for alarm sir the forest is where bears live but this was no ordinary bear no ordinary bear at one second i'm having a smoke taken in the view next thing i know i am face to face with smoky bear let me guess smoky had a tip for you he did he must have seen me toss my cigarette on the ground he told me never to do that because it only takes one spark to start a wildfire he's a smart bear did you know that nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans that means nine out of ten wildfires can be prevented that's what's Smokey said. I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous, and you're not. Good point. Get your Smokey on. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference, because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. You're listening to Empower Radio. Now, back to Journey to Center with Dr. Tammy Belashevsky. 
tell my friends I'm so happy that you are part of this conversation, this empowering and enlightening conversation I'm having with Jude Bijou. I hope you're getting as much value out of this as I am. So Jude, thank you for being here today. Oh, I'm enjoying myself so much. Nice to be <laughs> That makes it even better. I want it to be <laughs> joyful for you. Um, so I'm really excited to be getting into this um, subject, if you will, because communication is so, I think, vital. It's such an important mm, quality in our relationships. And so often when people come to me for counseling, I see this, this is the problem. They're not communicating effectively. So you're going to share with us the four rules of healthy or effective communication. So I am excited. Okay, because that's exactly my experience is I've, I've uh, uh, counseled many, 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 many uh, couples through the years. And it really comes down to poor communication. And again, we just weren't taught. Very few people can say, oh, I had parents who were fabulous communicators. <laughs> In a classroom, because I, I ask but when I teach my communication class, how many had good parents? And maybe one. And I go, oh, I bow down to your parents. I bow down to your parents. Because most of us, again, they saw what our, we did what our parents did. Our parents did what they did before or what we learned on TV. But it, it's not for good, effective communication. We just weren't taught in schools, at home, and what we see uh, uh, in, with our peers and, and in the media just doesn't outline how we can really make communications that will increase the same old thing, joy, love, and peace. And so I see there's only four rules, which is great, because we don't have to uh, juggle too many things. And the fourth rule that I like to start with that is that we have to listen. And that means putting duct tape over our mouth and just <laughs> listen. Oh, my gosh, this is so true. <laughs> Again, this is such an important quality. If you just do that, everything's going to shift. It really, really is. Again, in class, I'll say, all right, now, how many of you feel listened to enough? And again, nobody or maybe one person raises their hand. Because we're always, you know, who has got the bigger fish story and how, what can I say that's clever? And, well, I've got my opinion to throw in there. Rather than just be quiet and try to understand. You don't have to agree but we need to at least understand what's true for somebody else. So oh, that's I love this. I love this, Jude, because so often I see people arguing for their perspective and being right rather than being present and trying to understand another. They want to be understood, but they don't want to understand. Exactly. And that's a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Exactly. On all of conflict, that's the first step. We must understand each other. Again, understanding increases feelings of love. Even though, even though the difference is we understand each other, but that's the foundation to then build good new solutions. Love so it. For, we first we have to you know make that pledge. You know I'll I'll get duct tape comes in colors now. It used to be just that gray and now you can get <laughs> I like patterns. Myself. Yeah, purple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so so we have to have that conscious thing, and I'll I'll recommend often that uh, that couples could get, uh, or family members, absolutely, get a small little timer, a little electronic timer. And you can have a conversation where one person has two minutes to talk, talks, and everybody else just listens. When the timer goes off, you change the person who is talking, now listens, or going around a group. But just to have that undivided attention with that purpose to understand creates more closeness. 
Oh, oh I love that. I would do that with um, clients too. Like give, there's a stuffed animal that I have in my counseling room and whoever has the stuffed animal gets to talk. Exactly. And it's like the other person tries it. No, 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 no. You don't have the stuffed animal. <laughs> you don't have right the on. You don't have the teddy bear. So then that person gets to speak until they're done, and then they get to hand the over other hand it over. Well, I might forget what I'm going to say. You don't need to worry about that. Just be present. Just be present with what is. It it, it could change if you give it another minute. Exactly. So I think that's really good. Duct tape, a stuffed animal, a timer, all things to get ourselves to just be quiet and listen. To be quiet and listen to understand. Mm. So good. That's, the, Very good. that's the fourth rule, and that makes it there's only three rules more. So the <laughs> first rule is what I say, eyes. Talk about yourself, not the other person or not, the, not what's out there in the world. We have to go that this is my territory. This is what I know for sure is what's true for me about me, what's going on in here. So it, what we do is the opposite, which is I tell you about you. You don't do this right, and now you did this, and you forgot that, and you, you, you. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. happens when we're the recipient of those yous? <coughs> we don't like it. We get defensive. We yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah we're, we're starting to have a battle. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Forget it. That only those yous, that's that anger that's going out there. You know, I'm not hitting the, the phone books. So I'm hitting you verbally with all of those things about you, he, she, it, they. So we've got to turn it all around. It's that 180 degrees, like you say, back to center. Well, what's true for me? If I speak about that, I'm safe. Because, well, you shouldn't believe that way. But I do. That's what's true for me. So that's where your power is, to talk about yourself, not the other person. Very good. Take personal responsibility for your reality. Exactly. So mm-hmm. that's the first rule. Talk about myself. And what about specific things? One specific topic at a time. Like for me, we use specifics in engineering, in architecture, in cooking, in computers, in music. Every, every, basically everything is governed by specifics. That's how I can understand how things work. Because it's mm-hmm. specific, but nobody told us that our communications need to be specific as well. So that if I say, I want to talk about what happened last night, that's the topic. It's not, you're always like that, and you did it again, and you never are like this, and everybody says, those are such big words that the, the, nobody can understand what we're really saying, and, or we're bringing in so many topics, there's no way we're going to get any kind of solution or closure from any of them. So pick I love one that. Topic. Yeah. Take, take out the words always and never. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's one topic. I just, I had some, uh, uh, a couple last night and we were talking about finances and it went from finances to, okay, Christmas budget. And then it went to um, uh, what they were going to do about the taxes. And I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. One topic at a time. We'll get to all those topics, but right now we're on uh, setting up a time where you'll go over the finances and look at all of your expenses and uh, all of your income. So we finish that one topic, then we can go to how much to spend for gifts or whatever the next topic needs to be. But if we just handling one topic and being specific, so it's very much like with a child when you say your father's going to be, you know, you're going to be in for it if you don't, you know, obey me. Now that's not specific. We need to say exactly 
what will happen. Hey, I'm going to have dad come and talk with you about why it's not a good idea to hit your little sister. Nice and specific. <laughs> now, I like that because I, as I'm hearing this, I understand. It's like otherwise, if you're doing it too general, it can be overwhelming. It can be confusing. You can't really solve a problem from that perspective with that posture. Exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Because it's the same kind of, it all goes together so beautifully. But when we're specific, it brings peace. Because I know what the topic is, and I know what you're saying about that topic because you're being specific. Mm-hmm. When I'm being overgeneral in these vague terms, I'm just creating more and more fear. Love that. Really good. Really good advice. So we've got two rules, eyes and specifics, and I really think a little tattoo is appropriate there so we don't forget, probably on the <laughs> arm so we can see it. Eyes and specifics. Eyes and, what's my eye? What's, what's the specific here? Because as I said, we can hit all the topics, but one at a time. So we finish one, and then we can go on to the other one. So eyes and specifics, and then we need to use kindness. And that is look for the good. Go for appreciation. Go for good solutions. Go for the half full rather than, well, this doesn't work and this doesn't work. And this. Well, we could try this and we could try that. And boy, I really like it when it happens like this. But putting that energy in positive directions, which will bring more feelings of love, more kindness. How are we going to move this mm, forward? Love but that. But if you, if you go eyes and specifics, you will naturally be kind. I love that. People ask me all the time why I think my relationship with my husband works. And I say, I believe it's because I lead with appreciation. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't acknowledge and appreciate just what he does from the small things to doing laundry or just, you know, providing this beautiful home for us or just every day. And, and sometimes it is general. I, I just appreciate. I just say I just appreciate you. I don't think it's tired of it, but it makes me feel loving. <laughs> Absolutely, because that's the thing about giving appreciation. We think we're giving it for the other person, but we're really giving it for ourselves. Because oh, I love that. I think so it's good. true. <laughs> it does. It feels so good to focus on the positive and then to voice it. Yeah, it really is a way of dropping into our hearts. And I think we're happier if we live in our hearts. So to me, I think you're absolutely right. I hadn't thought of it. It's so that I can open my heart in, in my relationship with him. So, yeah, I love that. Lead with kindness and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Kindness, gratitude falls into that same thing. Mm-hmm. Positivity. And Absolutely. See the best in people and acknowledge it. Yes, that can build the foundation for solving whatever the problem is. Because that's what I see with conflict resolution. It's the same rules, eyes and specifics. What's the specific topic that we need to resolve? Let's stick to that topic and figure out what's true for everybody about that. And then let's together find our best, most positive win-win solution. That's so important because I think a lot of people, again, even in their personal relationships, I see this a lot. And I, I would imagine you do as well, uh, you know, with couples trying to each person trying to, to win. I'm like, this shouldn't be winning and losing. It should be winning and winning. You guys are supposed to be on the same team. <laughs> exactly. It's about the team. It's, that's a word together. It's, mm-hmm. it's really the operative word. It's not like one person unilaterally deciding that these items that were in the guest room now uh, all the music equipment now automatically goes into the garage. 
It's like, well, let's talk about it. Let's do it together. And then there's not that fighting. There's not that you against me, because that only brings more anger and more separation. Yeah. And, and that's, that doesn't feel good. It feels separate. It, it, I think connection, community, cooperation is what really uh, brings a sense of, of joy and peace to and love. Not just, yeah, and love to mm-hmm. ourselves and to all of our relationships, relatedness. So yeah. love what you're saying. I think it's very, very true. So it seems like we have one one rule left. No, those were the four rules. Oh, did we? Eyes. eyes <laughs> okay, let's specific, do them again. <laughs> eyes, specifics, kindness, and listening. Eyes, specifics, kindness, and listening. Mm-hmm. I was blending eyes and specifics. Uh huh. And they're they're, <laughs> they're 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 related for sure. But yeah, it seems like there different. can be some crossover with some of these. But I I. Love how you're you're putting them under these headings and they kind of blend seamlessly if we're doing them well. <laughs> yes, and it just takes some practice because if you realize, oh boy, I do overgeneralize. I do make those big, you know, you're never like that, or you like you're always like like I'm. Oh, when I hear myself saying, I'm going to go, oh ho 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 ho, uh, let me take that back and re- and try it again. Hey, no, I'm really talking about that argument we had last night. That's all. It's not that. You never listen to me. You never listen to me just opens up. Those are fighting words where we want to be specific. Yes. And we can solve the problem. That's, that's some really, really good, good advice. Yeah, that could completely transform every relationship in one's life, I would imagine. It Sorry, really does. Because, mm-hmm. Well, wherever, it, you know, these same rules apply in business or in personal life or dealing with um uh, a boss or a friend or in any situation, it's the same rules. And they're just simple because they honor yourself, that's the I, and they, they're dealing with concrete things and they're looking to move things forward and they're wanting to listen to connect. That is wonderful. I love that. So much value in this conversation. So, Jude, there's a couple of other things I really want to address. We only have like 10 minutes to go. Can you believe how fast this is going? Um, <laughs> so much fun. I think we could talk for a very long time. <laughs> I want to talk about the quality of intuition. And you say we all have it. But it seems like some of us maybe have easier access to it than others. Can we talk about how we can more fully cultivate our intuition? It's such a helpful tool in this thing called life. Absolutely. The thing that I see is what makes us not be able to hear our intuition is really those emotions, those unexpressed emotions. When Mm -hmm. we're feeling angry, we can't hear. When we're feeling sad or afraid, it's really hard to turn within and hear what's true for ourselves. So I see that intuition is really, really just taking that pause just taking a minute, because we really know what's true about a certain thing. If we'll stop looking outside for it, pause, maybe take a breath. I would say shake and shiver a little bit to move that energy out of the body and just sit for a second and and pose your question. Well, do I want to go visit my in-laws over the holiday? And you'll get an inner reading. It's not from the head. It's about a foot lower than the head. It's really in the heart. Mm-hmm. And we know, if we'll just take that pause, we know. 
And then the hard part is we have to obey. If the heart says <laughs> it's time to quit the job, then we can maybe ask again the next day or so on. Is it really time to? Yeah, you know what? It's time to move on. Then we have to start to gear toward that. But it's not from, oh, I hate it. My boss isn't appreciating me. This is never going to work. I'm going to quit. No, that's not from our intuition. It's when we're clear and when we're quiet. What do we really know is true? I love that. And what it's bringing forward for me as I'm listening to you, it's about listening more deeply to ourselves. It's important to listen to other people, but it's really important also to listen to that, that quiet voice, the still small voice that, that is in the center of every one of us. It is. Absolutely it is. Because we all know we can get a hit. Well, what do I feel like for dinner? Well, whatever, you know, Italian food. That's, a, that's your, my intuition. That's, that's what I just know. That's what I feel. It's not like oh, I have to do an, a mathematical equation. It's what I feel like doing. Oh, I'd like to take a walk. Well, that's the intuition saying, that would be good. You know, it's not a mental thing. It's like and it comes from that stillness. What is next? Oh, boy, I haven't moved. Oh, that would feel good. Gee. But we don't hear the words uh, oftentimes, but we'll get a sense for that. Oh, let's move. So we need and to I think you're, you're, you're so right, Jude, something you'd said that was so, so true in my reality, as I dealt with my unhealed emotions, as I cried the tears, as I expressed my anger, as I allowed myself to shake or whatever, I started opening more fully to my intuition and my, my inner compass, if you will, where it was pretty numbed. It was like maybe scabbed over and I was numbed out from it. But as I did the healing, it became more front and center in my reality. And my life does work with so much more grace and ease now that I have greater access to my intuition. It makes things so much more simple because it's so easy mm-hmm. to make that list of pros and cons and this, and, and then you still don't, aren't satisfied when you pick one of them because you didn't get that inner validation. It needs to feel right. Yes. Really, really good stuff. So, Jude, there's one last thing I really want to address with you, and I, I somehow feel it's is going to kind of be a come together as a culmination from all that we've been discussing. You discuss the power of action to get out of stuck situations. And and that even includes addiction from your perspective. I'd love to hear more about how we can do this. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing with action is that well, first it starts with figuring out the goal. What, and again, we can use our intuition here. What will take me, where do I, what direction do I want to go in? What do I want? Oh, I want to smoke less cigarettes or whatever. We get to go, I want to quit cigarettes by, oh gosh, um, you know, six months. So that's the goal. So then how can I take a series of little steps to take me to that goal? And what I'll find is that emotions will start to come up as I start to, uh, not do my old behaviors. So I say, feel the anger that's naturally going to come up as you deny yourself a cigarette. Feel the fear or have a good cry. But go and keep remembering your goal and take little steps. It's not like, oh, I'm going to quit tomorrow. I'm going to quit maybe one less and feel the emotions or whatever works for you. But a series of little doable steps toward your positive goal. 
I love that. That's so helpful. And, and you're confirming or affirming what I'm trying to do in my life. I'm choosing to sell my condo in LA. And thinking of that just sent me into overwhelmment. You know, there's so much to do. There's so much packing. And I, what I started saying is, I'm getting ready to get ready <laughs> to sell my condo. And I would do little things like go through my clothes and pack things up and send things to my other house. And, you know, uh, I'm getting ready to get ready. And that took a lot of the pressure off of me. It took me out of overwhelmment and little action steps. And, and you know what? I did cry because I've owned this place for 15 years. It makes me sad. Absolutely. But I'm not trying to put a lot of pressure on myself to get this done in a month. I'm just getting ready to get ready. And now I, I'm saying I'm ready. So that that is very helpful. Little steps so we don't have to go into that really deep end of the pool and the overwhelmment of the emotions. One little step at a time and allow the feelings. Because elsewise we just get overwhelmed and then yes. we then we're just stuck in the water. And we're paralyzing. For me, exactly. worthless. <laughs> exactly. But a little step because you got you finally got clear, now it's time to let the condo go. And yes. and from that space, then it's like, all right. Let me make a big list of all the things, but let's just handle them in ways that keep me having fun. One step at a time. Exactly. One step at a time. And a lot of times when we're talking about changing actions, it's not brain surgery that we need so much. It's just figuring out the opposite of what we're currently doing. So say if we find that we're critical and we're saying mean things to people, you know, like make those little digs or... uh, or what, whatever we're doing that's not very pleasant, but we get a lot of amusement out of it, but the people around us don't. What's the opposite? Maybe we'll go back to appreciation. Whenever I'm going to spew one of those, oh, I'm going to say something nice. <laughs> that's really great advice. Change the habit. Maybe we need to tattoo it on our arms so we remember. I mean, that's so, that's so powerful if we can just remember it. It is. And, when, and then naturally we're going to forget because the world and, and we're pretty busy. So I'm going to forget for a few days that I wanted to be less critical. But, oh, now I remember. Okay, next time I'm going to do that, I'm going to say something nice. Because we can always find something. There's always something that we can pay attention to. Oh, what beautiful teeth you have. That can be as simple as that, you know, or whatever the appreciation is. So powerful. You know, I, I remember going to school and there was this very strange, curmudgeon old professor. And one of my friends had warned me about him and she's, she told me I was not going to like him. So I saw him and I thought, I can see where she would say that, but I made a conscious choice to see the best in him. And, you know, it was so fascinating, fascinating, Jude, because as I saw the best in him, he became very funny. And we ended up having a wonderful rapport. And the last day of school, I brought him a big basket of cookies to thank him. And I'm so glad I made that choice because you know what? Two days later, he died. And I was so grateful that I just chose to see the best in him and reside in my heart in relationship to this man. And it was such a gift, such a gift, I think, to both of us. Oh, that's just lovely. That is just lovely to express, not only to voice it, but to give a, a physical expression like that. That's something so simple as cookies. The guy probably hadn't, it, you know, everybody uh, bought into his old persona, where by just taking that slightly different tact, we can just create that much more love in our world. And I think we all want that. We all want love. So, yeah, just to be able to appreciate the best in others, see the best in ourselves, choose, choose to see that. 
Wow. So Jude, this has been just such a wonderful conversation and connection with you. So if people want your book, Attitude Reconstruction, or to get in touch with you personally, where can they go? Well, my website is www.attitudereconstruction.com. So that's that makes it easy. <laughs> it is easy. So you can get the book at Amazon. It's both as an ebook and as a print uh, copy, or uh, through my website, or in all independent bookstores. Wonderful. Well, Jude, this has been such an honor and a privilege connect, to connect with you. I, I love your book. I love your energy. I love your wisdom. I love your heart. The world's a better place because you're here sharing yourself and empowers a better place because you've been here with me today here on Journey to Center. Thank you. Thank you. And my guest, you know, this network wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you. So I really want to express my gratitude and appreciation for spending some time with us here today. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, come to TammyBPhD.com, T-A-M-M-I-B-P-H-D.com. Write to me, check out my website. If you want a strategy session, fill out the little form, get the guided meditation. I really hope you're living a life of grace, of ease, of freedom, of joy, and of peace. Blessings from Empower Radio to you. Bye for now.